factors and really identifying those and, and solving for them ahead of the time uh, so that you're, you know, those don't become issues for you and your in your company. I'd like to flip the script a little bit. You are a founder, right? Yes. How long have you been in business? So we'll complete six years in a couple of months. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Obviously, like being a fan of myself, I just completed my second year. It's like super exciting to kind of get right. over that initial one year hump. And now I'm like, okay. Hey everyone to today's podcast, Scheduling with People podcast. I'm going to recur your host. And today I have Vivek Raina with me. We're going to be talking about the support you need from a marketing technology perspective, websites, EORs, uh, apps, and all the other kind of technology that helps you, but also with a marketing twist. Vivek, it's nice to have you on the call. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for, for hosting and uh, the invitation. Uh, it's not something I do usually, and uh, uh, you caught me off guard, I would say. And uh, <laughs> Uh, as I as I was telling you offline, you know, the best possible way for me to introduce myself would be to call myself a so-called technologist uh, per se, but uh, more of a well-wisher and a consultant for my clients, try and, <laughs> try and put myself in their shoes and try and be as resourceful as possible. Great. Awesome. And so uh, for the audience out there, I'm actually using Vivek and his team to help me with my website. And speaking with him, I really felt like, gosh, this is such a great opportunity to get someone like Vivek in front of the audience to help them understand you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it all, right? And I'm certainly not a webmaster. I'm not a technologist by any means. And so really love to understand, Vivek, from your perspective, what are you seeing some of your clients struggling with that is something that could be easily resolved by getting a subject matter expert in place like you and your team? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of... Uh information out there the problem with with today's digital world is is uh if you if you're trying to find somebody to solve a problem for you you'll find like 100 you know 100 different options for yourself and you don't know which one to go for so the due diligence is something that's lacking and people don't want to spend a lot of time vetting people or agencies and anyone you want to work with to 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 solve an issue with your develop a product be it a website in your case or or an app or something else so usually that's where uh, we see a trend of you know somebody worked with somebody and they had a bad experience and now they think everyone else is there to rip them off and that's not the case there's a lot of honest people out there agencies and uh, businesses like ours and others which which really do good work it's just that it's uh, sometimes difficult to find people like us uh, and uh, yeah you, you so people don't want to do their homework. They want to find somebody quickly, like in 10 seconds. And usually a 10 second solution is something that doesn't really work. So I think that's the problem that I've seen mostly in the last few years where people just make a decision very, very quickly. They should try and vet people they work with before, before they do. So what would be some of your uh, recommendations on how, uh, CEO, founder, or even an you know team member that's looking for these kinds of resources. What are some key things that they should be looking for in their vetting process? Great question. So uh, there's a lot of different types of requirements somebody can have. Somebody can have a marketing requirement. Somebody can have like a website or an app requirement or developing a product like a software solution or a SaaS solution. So it usually depends on what they're looking for. But there are platforms out there 
which do the vetting for you, do the verifications and reviews, and they kind of do most of the due diligence for you. There's a platform called Clutch, uh, which is quite famous. So if you go there, you'll find top agencies in different aspects for, for SEO, for pay, social media, for paid advertising, for lead generation, for resources, or uh, any particular technology in which you want some help or you know, website development or apps or whatever. So they provide you specialized list of people or agencies that you can work with that are that have been vetted for which you can, you know, kind of see their reviews, the kind of projects they've done. So for example, if you're from the ad tech industry and you want an agency that's got experience in ad tech, then it's easier to find uh, companies like that in, 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 on a platform like that. So it's quite a few platforms like that. So they should should go to platforms like that and kind of do their own research and then maybe talk to a couple of them and then make a decision on on their conversations and how that goes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, another thing too is adding in, you know, give me some of your pro product history that I could look at, especially if it's a website, what have you done? Can I go look at it? Or um, other product that is public, right? Obviously we're not going to give away any private secret company um, information, but uh, just some of the product that you and your team have created that can help know if they're a good fit for you or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, usually having similar experience in the past helps being able to justify that to a client, being able to say that we've been there, done that. And yeah, that, that usually happens a lot in our industry. You know, people, you would you wouldn't uh, be able to guess how many times it's been um, you know I've been on a call and I, I feel like I've I've seen this before same idea somebody else wants to do it again build a product and yeah so it helps if you already scoped it and understood it before it's easier to you know provide an estimate or be able to tell you how much time it's going to take for us to build it or what technology would be best for it things like that so it's uh it's it's a very technical area i don't want to go there but like <laughs> uh you know you, every founder is different uh, in my in sure. my opinion and you want to keep it very simple as much as you can and and try and go with the flow and how they want to work with you and try and you know acclimatize yeah yeah for sure and as both of us are founders we can both contest to the fact that we're very particular we're very specific we know what we want and so having, I think another uh, key item when you're looking for resources like that is to make sure you have a full vision to help guide the team, whoever is going to implement, whether it's internal or external, they understand the vision you have. What is the outcome? What is the, what is good look like so that they can work towards that and not have to restructure something halfway through the project, which is obviously time sensitive. It's financially draining, and it's just not what anyone wants to experience. Absolutely, absolutely, you're you're bang on. Somebody <laughs> very very senior once told me when I was starting out fifteen years ago, said if you can pay somebody to do your laundry and you can make twice the money that you're paying the laundry guy, <laughs> then then it's worth it to to pay the laundry guy and do something else that where you can be more productive. And uh, that's where I understood that you know I need somebody to do my chores. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's such wise advice. It's very true. Uh, when I started my business, my motto is like my mantra is, is this how I should be spending my time? Not only is this like, I don't know how to build a website. That's not ever something I've ever done before in my example of how I'm using your services. But 
Also too, is that how I should be spending my time? No, that's not how, that's the CEO and founder of my business. That's not how I should be spending my time. My time is with my clients and it's with um, prospecting clients. And so really a CEO needs to understand and, and remember, although they might be able to do it, they, that might be their wheelhouse. Is that really what they should be working on? Is that really what they need to be doing and focusing their time on? And you're right, Absolutely. like paying, paying someone a fraction of the cost of your your hourly wage, it just makes sense because then you're saving money and you're able to produce, you're actually able to produce more, which is meaning more money is coming in and it pays for itself in tenfold. Yeah, I, I read a book once. Uh, it's called Sell Like Crazy. It's, it's a book by a founder and it's by a book uh, by, by an author named Sabri Susie. is one of the founders of one of the largest agencies in Australia and uh, one of the biggest in the world and is uh, is done really well for himself and he had a book where he's is mostly like the gist of the book is like as a founder of any business whatever you're doing doesn't doesn't matter if you're in the manufacturing industry or you're in you know the hr industry or you're me or somebody else it doesn't matter if you're a founder most of your time should go into things which are roi driven and uh, revenue driven that 80 percent he's got like a rule in there as well i don't want to give away some things of the book but like <laughs> he's got a rule like 80 percent of your time has to go into things which uh, generate revenue if your cash flow is good then the rest takes care of it and you, you should hire people uh, to take care of most things yeah yeah exactly so you know, when I was researching and trying to figure out who could help me add to my website, again, I'm just going to use my example, real world life example. You know, part of my fear was time zones, you know, finding your team in India. Obviously, there's a significant time zone to me being in uh, mountain time in the U.S. Um, you know, am I going to be able to interact and engage with the team? Am I going to get what I need? It, you know, how is this going to impact timelines? For me, I don't have a, a strict timeline, but I know probably a lot of your customers do. So what are some of the things that you've seen uh, to help bridge that gap for founders to know that it's it, it's worth taking the risk? We're going to be here. Uh, I can say, like, I know your team is working at 10 p.m. at night kind of thing. Um, have you had those roadblocks in your conversations with potential clients? To be honest, not really. Uh, we've uh, mostly worked with North American clients. I'm used to or we're used to working in mountain time zones or EST or Pacific or Central. And we're working in all, all these time zones and uh, interacting with, with clients from all these time zones. And and we've kind of uh, created a process where we make sure we uh, are being able to uh, cater to all. Uh, and we work late hours. We start late uh, as, as it's understandable. And uh, we've understood the fact that this can be a problem uh, and along with a few other things that we've worked on to really make sure that we do kick-ass work and you know try and deliver good customer service because if your interactions your communication isn't strong with your clients you're not going to really do well regardless of how talented you are or quality work you do so yes we worked on it uh, a lot internally uh, we've had these shifts uh, set up for certain time zones people set up for certain time zones. Uh, so if you're in mountain, you will have a specific set of uh, project managers you'll be working with. And in Eastern, there will be different set of project managers you'll be working with. So we've, we've, we've ensured that that's key. Like you at least get a few hours every day. If ever you want to talk to somebody Monday to Friday, 
you'll have somebody on a speed dial, you can call them or email them or get on a Zoom call with them. And that's really important for the clients because uh, if they don't get to talk to somebody, like if you're feeling that you want to talk to somebody about an issue or something like that, and you'll have to wait another day for it, it makes you anxious. And and that's not something we want. That's not something that the customer wants. And that's a pain. So yes, we've, we've consciously worked on it. And yeah, it's it's not a problem. It is a problem with a lot of uh, agencies and people who are new in the space who don't understand these things. And it is a generic issue from the from an industry standpoint when you're outsourcing something. But at the end of the day, it's 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 worth it if you get the right partner, a right agency, right vendor for you. Uh, yeah, and as it comes back to the point I was making that you have to do your due diligence to understand that you don't face that issue with a partner like that, uh, because that can be a pain in the backside if 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 you find somebody that's not available till next day. Yeah. 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 And that's going back to understanding your customer or client, however you refer them. Right. Um, And that's really key. Knowing that what are their struggles, what are their concerns and fears and really identifying those and and solving for them ahead of the time uh, so that you're, you know, those don't become issues for you and your, in your company. I'd like to flip the script a little bit. You are a founder, right? How long have you been in business? So we'll complete six years in a couple of months. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Obviously, like being a fan of myself, I just completed my second year. It's like super exciting to kind of get over that initial one year hump. And now I'm like, okay, I can't wait for five. So you passed your five. You're probably counting towards your 10. As a founder, you know, you started young and then built up your business, built up your brand. Now you've got people working for you. What are some of the things that you wish you had known when you first started your business that you've now learned six years into it? If you could go back in time and tell yourself, this is what you need to do, or this is what you need to know, or these are the decisions you should have made earlier, what what, what does that look like? That's such a great question. It's very difficult <laughs> to to think, think about things in hindsight. But yeah, if you ask me what my advice would be to myself five years ago, would be to not micromanage, which is something I used mm-hmm. to do a lot when I started out. Uh, you have to trust I wish people. I could put, like, black- Ask right now all over the screen of don't micromanage like that is huge like I want to repeat it again do not micromanage like that is such a great yeah. lesson learned <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I mean when you're a founder you have only a bunch of people working with you who really really believe in your vision most of the times so that's why they've chosen to work with you uh, rather than working at a bigger company or a bigger firm uh, and and uh, you gotta have to you know, put your trust in them, be able to uh, trust them in situations, trust them with clients, trust them with, you know, deals and negotiations and, you know, everything from an operational standpoint. And unless you do that as a founder, as a, as a startup, it's very difficult to be able to scale because you can't, there's only 24 hours in a day. There's only so much you can do uh, yourself. You need people for sure. And, um, Obviously, you need good partners as well. I've been blessed with uh, some great co-founders uh, that I've been working with. I'm not a, a one-man shop. I'm not, I'm not alone, so I'm not the only founder. But yes, uh, employees are your strength, and they can very quickly become your weakness. If uh, you got to keep a check on them all the time, it's very difficult to do that. Your entire day can go into just, just checking someone's work uh, when you have enough people. So... 
yeah that's 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 uh, that would be my advice in a nutshell to myself going back would be to trust people more which i do now uh, helps uh, manage my calendar easily helps me focus on things which are more important long term try and strategize plan for the future uh, from a marketing standpoint or from a standpoint of how we can grow further yeah that's 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 life of founder i guess yeah yeah, for sure. And I just want to I just want to clarify to the audience, I did not cue that up. <laughs> I did not ask Vivek to go from the people route, but I will double down on that 100%. One is when you're starting to bring people on, you are really a risk, right? All startups are risk, but when a startup is, you know, pre-seed, even series A and B, I mean, until your IPO, you're a risk, but you know, you're really a risk when you're like less than 20, less than 50. So why are people going to come on board? If you're, they're not going to have that capability of ownership and knowing that you trust them. I think that's really important. That is a quality that you can give someone. Here's the, here, you know, you're taking a risk, but here's what you're going to get for it, right? You don't necessarily going to get that in a big company. And secondarily, um, you know, your people are, like you said, they're going to make or break you. And it's really important that as you start to put your hiring in place, that first, you know, couple people are going to be key. Typically, I see a lot of times founders are going to uh, hire from their network, known resources, people they've worked with um, or that they've engaged with on, on projects in the past that they know has got the similar mindset, right? And then as you start to build out 10 to 20 to 30, then you're starting to branch out to maybe unknown people. And it's really important to be able to have a very clear vision to give those people so they understand we're all marching in the same direction. Absolutely. So, I, I love 100%, that. 100% agree. And uh, adding to that, I was watching Sam Altman's uh, interview with, with the founder of OpenAI. And he was talking about, somebody asked him the question whether you should be, uh, as a founder, you should be somebody who who's very specific in his skill set, like a sales guy or an operations guy or a tech guy, or would would you require uh, as a founder to be more like an all-rounder to succeed and know a lot about finance, HR, operations, sales, and everything you like, you can fit in every everywhere. So he said, you, you, you're, you're, you're more likely to succeed if, if you're more like an all-rounder. And so having your, having a knowledge of each area's, so going back when I was starting out, I didn't know a lot about finance. I didn't know a lot about HR, to be honest. Uh, so y- you need to first admit to yourself that you don't know everything. And that's mm-hmm. like the first first point where you get get an understanding, okay, you got to learn things, learn other departments and try and uh, build them up and have strong people in each area uh, to help you out with those things. And, you know, the other thing that I've learned personally is not not hire based on talent, but hire based on sincerity and, uh, you know, commitment. So people who are loyal, sincere, committed, uh, even if they're not that skilled in comparison to somebody else, uh, are better bets long term because they don't leave your side. They don't leave you hanging and uh, skill or work is something where you know you can teach them things and that there's a learning curve with that obviously but like it, it's a better bet long term because uh, otherwise talent usually goes goes to waste if it's if it's not a sincere guy uh, making full use of it so that's something i've learned uh, 
especially in hiring lessons. I'm sure you know all this, uh, considering you know you, you know a lot about the HR space. So uh, yeah, that's something I've learned a lot. Yeah, and I find that's very true in the younger stage of a life cycle. And then it flips a little bit. Um, you know, in my experience, it's around the series C, D timeframe. It's when you're looking to change your model of like, I no longer need to get anything and everything that comes to the door. I'm now going to start targeting those enterprise and that switch of life cycle. There is a need to bring on the skill set. But by then you've had such a great foundation that you have your really solid uh, tenured employees who are loyal, who believe in what you're you, what you're accomplishing and what, what your long-term goals are, that you can then layer them with the people with the skill set. One, that's great because you've got some skill set of people that can help you move to the next level. Two, that's also helpful for the people that have been with you because now there's mentors that have been there and done it that they can learn from to continue their career growth. So uh, yeah, 100% you're spot on. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're 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 100% correct. Well, I really appreciate the conversation today with you, Vivek. Uh, any final last words of wisdom as a founder yourself that you'd like to share to the audience? Uh, okay. Uh, so <laughs> you, you spoke a lot about Series B, Series C rounds, people raising funds. Uh, I know a lot of people have worked with a lot of clients who've uh, been there, Silicon Valley startups and people like that. Re- really went from like zero to hero in, in a few days or a few weeks. And uh, my only advice to, to people trying to do that, get get some kind of VCs to fund them or be able to, you know, uh, get to the next level is uh, try and stay calm in, in, in those situations because money can really change you overnight and your thought processes... Yeah. Uh, they can really, really change. When you have $10 million in the bank account, you can, you can really start thinking really differently and your focus areas change. And that shouldn't happen because money eventually evaporates. Uh, what mm-hmm. doesn't is 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 an actual uh, company, is an actual uh, strong, robust process that you build that, that doesn't go away, keeps minting money. But uh, if if you're thinking that money in the bank yeah. is never going to end, then then you're pretty pretty wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. And and relationships too, the relationships that you build with the people who work with and for you, as well as your customer base and your network that is supporting you. Those people are are you know you got to treat them well because they're the ones that are basically incentivize so. them, incentivize the hell out of them, and uh, <laughs> uh, give them esops and things like that. You know, so that they. Because they've been there in in the thick and thin, right? And and now yeah. when when it, the times are better, uh, you better value that relationship more than ever because there's more hard work when you get funding. There are more expectations from, you know, your VC table, your board, and people like that. People who are investing in you, they're expecting miracles out of you, which is which isn't easy to pull off, right? And pulling a rabbit yeah, off your head, especially is- when you have external factors like economy and things that are happening at your customer's side of the house right yeah and it just gets harder as soon as you ipo then you have a whole world that's expecting you to have better numbers quarter over quarter so yeah Yeah. for sure well vivek it was great to have you on the call today and i hope those listening got some great tidbits and tricks out of uh you know how to look at your marketing your tech stack and uh thanks again for joining us have a wonderful day Thank you so much.
Thank you so much, Manuel.